know I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. What is up, Dog Nation? It is 8 o'clock-ish on Wednesday night. I am Jeff Sintel, and this is Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. I'm going to tell you what, guys. Um, I don't know. I got I got some energy tonight. I didn't have a, any caffeine, but I got some energy tonight because I am stoked to give you guys a, a five-pack type show, a six-pack type show. If, like, I want this show – to be your six-pack equivalent joy, uh, whatever beverage it might be, um, uh, when it comes to Georgia football recruiting. So tonight, I'm I, I feeling kind of Usher vibes right now because there was a big uh, camp opportunity. It's probably the last bastion of like when you can really see players, scout players, evaluate players. You get to talk to players really for the first time before they set their officials for the summer. It's still a, you know, back in the day, there used to be the Under Armour. There used to be a couple of regional camps. There used to be the Nike opening. There used to be the Elite 11. And it's getting scarcer and scarcer for the opportunity to see, like, I don't know, 155 stars, more than 50 credential media. That's what happened last Sunday um, at Carrollton High School. And the reason why I said Usher is, like, I I was sitting there trying to put together this show. This is the loaded baked potato of shows, scattered, smothered, covered, diced, capped, chunked, or whatever. But I had Usher on my mind because it's kind of like, if you're going to tell it, tell it all. So I'm going to try to set Dog Nation before the Hedges records tonight. And what do I mean by that is, for the first time ever, we have got five Dog Nation conversations. So... Uh, I'm going to call this the I got you or we got you, Kaylee and I got you portion of the show. If you want to know about Julian Lewis, if you want to hear from Julian Lewis, we got you. If you want to hear from Georgia's highest rated commitment in the class, um, Justice Terry, we got you. If you want to hear from uh, Zion Grady, the number one edge in the country, former Alabama decommitment, to hear what he thinks about Georgia, we got you. If you want to hear from Jared Smith, the six foot six edge that's also being heavily recruited by Georgia, we got you. And uh, last but not least, kind of in our big five show lineup, if you want to hear from Travis Smith Jr., the guy I consider the priority wide receiver target for Georgia in the class, you want to hear what he thinks about Brian McClendon, you want to hear what he thinks about Georgia, how that affects his decision, how Georgia gets back into it. We got you on that one, too. We have jam-packed this show with information, with intel. We got you. So, uh, with all that having been said, let's kind of jump into our show, our big five. We got a lot to talk about. Like, I feel like I feel like whenever I, I get a recruiting opportunity, I must have interviewed, I don't know, 20 prospects, 25 prospects. I probably got videos with 12 of them, so we're going to have another Loaded show next week. We've got more videos where I've been on the road, so we got lots of stuff coming up. But we're going to start here with, I, I guess, you know, I think my good friend Brandon Adams always likes to tell people when he talks about programming and content theory, he talks about uh, playing the hits, 
talking about playing the hits. Well, I guess I want to start and talk, talk, share a little bit about Justice Terry. I wrote about this kind of my quick reactionary piece after the camp where, I mean, basically, I think I published it on Monday night, Monday afternoon, where basically there's like 10 full-blown stories crammed into about 3,000 words there. And I kind of tried to give you the goods, give you the juice on the deets, the details on what's going on right now with some of the bigger name headliners for, at least with Georgia interest for the camp. But I started off with Justice Terry because to me, in my mind's eye, you know, a lot of services rated him as the alpha. I'm going to take that a step further. I think when it's all said and done, Georgia might look back at this 2025 class and look at Justice Terry, the guy that's been committed for over a year now, that they would look at Justice Terry as perhaps the, the biggest name, the biggest prospect, the biggest pull in the class. Um, Elijah Griffin is very much a big target. He's another defensive lineman. He's a number one defensive lineman in the country. Uh, Justice Terry is rated right around number nine, number 10 by a lot of the sites, a lot of the composite sites. But if someone told me, like, if you flip those rankings, I don't think anybody would bat an eye. Justice, to me, looked like an absolute dude. He had lost weight. He was up to 290 at one point. He's down to 265. He said Kirby Smart loved to, he, loved to see that. Georgia plans to play him at a strong side defensive end. And I will tell you, you, you go to these camps and you, you talk to other writers and reporters that cover other teams, and they've gotten used to the last two or three years when they see a prospect they go, oh, that's a Georgia guy, or kind of used to be, oh, that's an Alabama guy. And I think Justice qualifies to me as a Georgia guy, as an alpha, as a guy that, I mean, folks, the, the thought of getting Justice Terry, number two D lineman in the country, and Elijah Griffin, the number one defensive line in the country, on the same Georgia defensive line is phenomenal. It, it, Georgia's never done that. They've never brought in the number one and two, number two defensive lineman in a class, never, ever. Uh, so that's a chance here for Georgia. But you, I want you to listen to what Justice Terry has to say here. I think he could be the Pied Piper of the class. He's got a charisma. He's got a personality with him. Maybe that comes from, like, cutting hair. He cuts a lot of ha 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 head, heads on the side. He cuts his teammates' hair. He tightens up their fades on the side. But we're going to lead off before the hedges tonight in our big five with Georgia's big five-star in the class. That would be six foot five, 265-pound, Justice Terry, take a listen. I know you're going to like this. How's this camp for you? You're healthy this time, right? Yes, sir. I mean, it was great to come up here and compete. And I just wanted to get out. I already committed to the game. I just wanted to get out, compete a little, and, you know, lead a group. You said any officials yet? Uh, not yet. I haven't thought of any yet, but I will be getting them done. Who's getting one? I know I know that school in Athens getting one, right? Yes, sir. Everyone's getting one. You know, I want to explore my options. Bama, Florida State, Florida Gators, you know, the same ones that been at me since I started. What keeps you solidly? Is it accurate for me to say you're still solidly committed to Georgia? Yes, sir. I'm what, committed. What keeps you 100? What keeps you locked with Georgia right now? Man, it's just hometown, home state. Great players, great coaching staff. They're going to love you, but tell you the real. And, you know, that's all I want. You know, come, what more can I ask for? Did you see anybody here that you want to play with? Man, I haven't seen anyone here yet, but, hey, when I get to know these guys, you know, I get in their ear and tell them. 
Hey, George of the Wave. Height and weight, what did you do today? Uh, 6'5", 265. Is that what you thought you'd be? Yes, sir. You might have grown a little bit or no? Uh, yes, sir. I, I figure I got taller and, you know, I was bigger, like 290, but I dropped down to 260 naturally just playing football and it just naturally dropped off and Coach Smart loved, you know, being the defense end, getting recruited for defense end. That's what he wants, strong side defense end. When you think of the possibility of playing with Elijah, Yes, sir. What goes through your mind? I mean, we can do great things together. You know, him at D talking, me at defensive end is is dominant, man. Got a message for Elijah? What does he need? What do you got a message for him today about coming to play with you? What would you say to him? I'm coming for you, Elijah. You know, you know what we talked about him coming. How was your junior day experience at Georgia? Did you? Uh, have it was fun? great. It was great. You know, I went to the basketball game, watched the game with Coach Smart, had a conversation with him during the game, and it was great. How do you feel like you're better this year compared to last year at this campus? I feel like speed-wise, movement-wise, I've got a whole lot better with change of direction, coming off with hands, and my visual cues, you know, coming off the ball, look at the hands, and read what the O-line is going to give me. I saw you sneaking in for reps. You yes, went back in, like, rep Series 1 and Series 4. Did, did they not know you went, or did you just – how did somebody like you sneak in there? Yeah, they didn't know. You know, I just worked my way up to the top, get in, so bit. Uh, for you, like – have they given you a list of guys they want you to talk to? I mean, is it, are you just on Elijah duty or like? Uh, no, so they haven't given me any list. I really just go by what I see. Like on the internet, I text a recruit, hey, you really feeling UGA? They say, yeah, I'm on them hard. If they say, nah, you know, I leave them alone because you got to really want it. So when somebody says they're feeling UGA, what do you start in with? What do you go with? What's your, what do you tell them? I tell them, okay, that's all I need to know. Let's make some work. Uh, when you hang out with Trey Scott, what's that like? Does that sit there uh, and you go, that's my future position coach? Yes, sir. You know, it's all cool. We talk about football sometimes, but most times it's like off the wall things, what you eat during the day, you know, what you like to eat, what you do outside of football, whether it's fishing, playing a game, can't hear anything. He always asks me things just to get to know me. Why does he want you? Has he told you what he likes about your game, that he wants Man, you so much? He's like me. He likes everything about everything. Appreciate you, Justice. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. There it is, Justice J. Terry. I tell you what, folks, uh, man, uh, there's a lot to pull out of that one. Quickly, uh, great charisma, great personality. Did you hear it? He's going to take his visits now. He he feels like he owes owes, uh, the schools their visits. I feel like most prospects now have earned the right to take a bunch of visits. But to me, it certainly sounds like uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, but if they're in the age of 2024, if there's ever such a thing as a firm, solid verbal commitment, sounds like Justice Terry is that guy. Did you already said about getting on them, talking to kids if they show an interest in G- in Georgia, how they keep it real. They tell me how it's going to be hard. They tell me he he loves it. He's like he said Georgia was all he could ask for. So I think that is very important there, especially when you're talking about the highest rated commitment right now in Georgia's class. And I wrote this. I feel pretty strongly about this. I think it's about time that Justice Jay Terry plays both ways for Manchester High School. Georgia sees him as a strong side defensive end. He plays offensive tackle for his high school as well, which made it at the state finals last fall in the Mercedes-Benz. But I think it's about time to start moving Justice Terry into that top three, top five overall player in the country conversation. I think he's just really that good. He turned heads. He he showed significant physical skill and ability above, kind of in my mind, above even what an All-American 
type high school football player looks like. So, Justice Terry, if you guys wanted to, to take a shot of good news tonight, leading off before the hedges with what I feel like is a home run type recruit, I think Justice Terry is your guy. Um, number two, number two right here on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. Like we said, you're just joining us. Buckle up because, uh, you know, basically lock in, strap in, buckle your chin strap, whatever you want to say, because this show is coming at you. This show has got a lot of content. We try to always try to bring more content than ever before. We had a great opportunity at the Under Armour camp to get a lot of these guys on video. So I want you to look at this as the top targets list come to life. And there's really no bigger top target in my mind at receiver right now than Travis Smith Jr. Uh, definitely news broke last week, last weekend about Brian McClendon um, going to take the job with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I thought it was a major seismic move there for Travis Smith. He even said something in this interview. I want you to listen for it. He said that Georgia was probably going to be Georgia with Brian McClendon was trending, was likely going to be the school he was going to commit to. And now things have changed a little bit. Georgia's got to catch up. How do they catch up? Who does Travis Smith Jr. think the dog should hire? We got it for you right now on number two in our big five on Before the Hedges. Here you go. I guess the question we all want to know, obviously, major target, PMAC. When did you learn thoughts? Like, what went through your mind? And I guess, how does that affect George's relationship with you? Yeah, um, I found out yesterday, actually. Um, you know, he tried to hit me up. Um, couldn't get the call, but I seen on some media reports that he was going to the NFL. So that does, you know, change my perspective on my decision. But, you know, Georgia, they're still, they're still high on my board, but. Coach Beanback, he was a great part of what I was going to actually be committed to. So, definitely a changing point. You talked about an Atlanta vibe. You guys could speak like you're from the same part of the world. How does Georgia get that back? Like, what type of wide receivers coach do you hope that they bring in? Honestly, I don't know how to get it back. But, you know, I, like I say, um, relationships are key to me. So, whenever they do get that receiver coach, I will need to, you know, build my relationship a little more on them so I can, you know, actually have a great feel and comfortable comfortability with the whole program once again. So who keeps you attached to Georgia now? BMAC was your best relationship. Yeah. Now what's what's left after him now? Is really, really, yeah, Coach Kirby, Um, you know, he, he hits me up, you know, day in, day out. But, you know, Coach Kirby, you know, the assistant receiver coach, Coach CJ, you know, he's done a good job, you know, reaching out to me. But, yeah, they'll have to, you know, step it up, I'll have to say, definitely. No, but, you know, they did end up trying to call me, but, you know, I was busy. But I, definitely after this, I will have to, you know, get some further information on what their new plans are set because, you know, I will need to know that receiver coach will end up being. Uh, pretty much the same thing, you know, winning culture. Um, you know, want to still be comfortable with the program, but, you know, winning culture, Keeping Kirby and high on my board, just you know, communicating with everybody, just having relationships all around. You feel comfortable, Travis, saying maybe they were the team to beat with BMAC? Were they way up there? I mean, obviously it takes them down a little bit. Yeah, they they actually were. You know, um, if you check on one three, their prediction that I was actually accurate. Um, they, they were high on my board, but now I'll have to you know kind of shuffle around, see what other things I have to offer. But you know, I'm Georgia still high on my board. 
you send any officials yet? Any schools that will get an official? You know that yet? Not yet, but uh, this weekend we are supposed to hit up a couple of schools. They're supposed to be scheduling it for me. Just pretty much, you know, I will be on campus soon due to the OVs, the official visits. So pretty much, you know, whatever they show me there, that'll pretty much get me back to getting back on track. But the BMAC, that, man, that hit home for me. That hit straight to the heart because me and BMAC had a great relationship. So it's hard to see him go. Aside from BMAC, though, what is it that draws you to Georgia? I mean, what is it that, you know, you've that had your eye? Obviously, a lot of people say, you know, pick the school, not the coach. So uh, when you think of the school, what comes to mind? What makes them unique? Well, close to home, home state, you know, I love Georgia. You know, Georgia's my home state. Got family everywhere in Georgia. So, you know, Georgia, being in Georgia, that's is perfect. But, um, you know, just, just the atmosphere, you know, and I want to win. That's At the end of the day, I love winning. So I can see myself winning if I do go there. Travis, this is a question maybe for the fans. They all talk about Heinz Ward should be the wide receivers coach. What would that do for you? Is that a name that you recognize and you'd be like, that's a man that got to the league and you, you could learn a lot from? Yeah, but actually, you know, it would be great to see Terrence Edwards as well, you know, being the, that new step up. Because, you know, what Terrence has put, the stain he has put into the Georgia, the Georgia infrastructure is amazing. You know, all the records he set. You know, many people may, people know him, but the things that he's done, that'll be great, you know, just to try to follow up through his tracks and, you know, maybe beat those records. Could that catch Georgia up? Oh, yeah, definitely. If, if you talked about how do they feel the shoes with BMAC. Would that be a plus for Georgia? They for had sure. Been? You know, due to the fact that I already trained with Coach Terrence Edwards and, you know, the fact that, you know, we already have a great relationship. He's been training me for a couple of years. That would be awesome. But, you know, I'm curious to see what they'll do. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Travis for that interview after the Under Armour camp. Travis was, it, it, the clock is is just showing up for him. Like a lot of the national line, national analysts, the regional analysts got a chance to see Travis. <clears throat> Excuse me, they got to see Travis on um, Sunday, and like his stock shooting up. He was rated as one of the top performers, the biggest players in the camp. So, <clears throat> excuse me, right there. Really interesting to see that with Travis. One thing to keep in mind there, <clears throat> I asked him recently, because obviously Georgia has lost its wide receivers coach. B-Mac has gone to the NFL. One name that he told me he would like to see would be the Georgia Tech wide receivers coach, Josh Crawford. Crawford is one of the, <clears throat> currently the Tech wide receivers coach. Excuse me there for a little bit, guys. I'm, I'm just kind of going through a tickle right now. Everybody knows it's that time of year. People got junk in their throat. I've had some issues with allergies, so I appreciate you guys bearing with me. I'm sure I'm thankful for everybody says to get a drink and everything else like that. But um, <clears throat> Travis, Travis told me that he would absolutely love it if Josh Crawford was in the running or was even eventually named the wide receivers coach at Georgia. Georgia Tech is in his top eight uh, anyway, so you kind of can bet that he already really liked uh, Josh Crawford anyway, but he kind of verified that, that – you want to talk about a way Georgia can get back in quick uh, with Travis Smith Jr. and some other top targets across the state. I think the receivers coach from uh, North Avenue uh, would certainly help and certainly get Georgia back, uh, back up to speed with a lot of those top targets at wide receivers because I think Crawford already knows him, and he's got a great resume as well. So that's something to think about right now. That is Travis Smith. That was number two on your uh Big Five here on Dog Nation brought to you by Kroger. Now, kind of, you know, we, we kind of put our 
right in the middle of the pocket of our show, we're going to talk about Julian Juju Lewis. And guys, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen here. I don't think anybody does. I think this is the highest level of big boy recruiting. The disclaimer is, is that Julian remains solidly committed to USC, but he hasn't visited USC in a while. That's something to think about. Obviously, it's very hard to get out to California and to Los Angeles and LAX, but um, here's what I know. There's something there with Georgia. There's something going on there, whether it's kicking the tires, whether it's big interest. Uh, you guys have seen a couple of stories on Dog Nation. If you haven't seen them yet, I, we had a story on Sunday evening with comments from Juju himself, from Julian himself. This morning, we had another story go up on DogNation.com where basically I tried to think like the audience out there, and I tried to write something uh, very a very factual, heavily sourced, but also with some opinion mixed in there about is the juice with Juju worth the squeeze for Georgia football? I certainly think it, think it is. I think, and what I did is I didn't just say he's a great player there. I said, look at Georgia. Folks, if you want to go back, I kind of did the research. I did the digging. If you want to go back to the last six teams that beat Georgia, and you have to go all, and that takes you all the way back to 2019 of all things to find the last six times Georgia lost. Well, who were the quarterbacks? Um, you had Jalen Milrow. You had Bryce Young twice. You had Joe Burrow. Um, you also had uh, South Carolina had a guy by the name of Ryan Holinsky in his freshman year in Athens. That's the last time Georgia lost at home. I know he's not a household name with some of the, those other guys, but when Ryan came out, he was the number 60 overall prospect, 64 overall prospect, the number two pro-style quarterback in the country. So simply put, it takes an elite passer, elite quarterback to beat Georgia these days with Kirby Smart. If you want to go way back in the DeLorean, hit 88 miles per hour, uh, go all the way back to Deshaun Watson maybe because Deshaun Watson's Clemson teams, they went one-on-one against those stout Bama teams when Kirby was still the D.C., but he absolutely roasted those defense, those defenses full of NFL guys. Uh, Clemson won one, Alabama won one, but Deshaun completed like 65% of his passes for seven TDs, something like 412 yards per game in those games and only threw one pick. And I think in the college football playoff era, you're going to see more and more. Georgia's going to have to beat a couple of teams that have like a C.J. Stroud or a Jaden Daniels or a Michael Penix at quarterback. I think that's just what it's going to take. And I think for Georgia, I think the pursuit of Ju Julian Lewis has a lot to do with that where, you know, kind of imagine Georgia's best teams over the last three, four, five years, and you've got like a, a Joe Burrow type, a Deshaun Watson type, and a, a Bryce Young type talented quarterback. I think that's what's kind of on the table here with Georgia. He's an in-state prospect. Uh, he is a five-star quarterback. He was the youngest athlete to ever appear on the cover of Sports Illustrated for a reason. Uh, I think it's 48 touchdowns and 12 picks his freshman year in Georgia Big A, 7A football, and then 48 touchdowns and two picks as a sophomore. He's reclassified to 2025. I think Georgia's absolutely a contender. I think he feels like Georgia has a lot of things going for it. But you want to see the video? You want to hear from Julian himself? Of course you do. That's what we got for you right now here on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger.
Julian, first off, let's ask a human being question. Tell me about your truck, man. Did you get it? Like, you no, missing it? Like, how? No, nah, I miss her, but uh, no, she's gone. I gotta let her go. You know, just like a just like an ex girlfriend, you gotta let him go. But uh, sad, sad day. Must be your biggest sack for a loss all season, right? No, that definitely was. They got me right there, but insurance. That's what we got. So, Julian, I think I want to ask you. Like, I, I sense that you know, I can see you're solidly committed, but you're still looking a little bit. Like, where are you at with everything? What do you still need to see? Um, I mean, I'm I'm still committed to USC, like you said, but I mean, I'm still still looking around just to hang out. I mean, Georgia's closed, Bama's closed, stuff like that. But I'm still locked in with USC, 100%. What's Georgia got on your mind? Like, what have they made you turn your head a little bit for? I mean, shoot, you see what they do. You see the guys they bring in, like the guys that they're gonna have around you on a daily basis. It's a uh, Georgia guys are definitely a little bit different in terms of size wise. Like, there's not really many schools with people like them. Is that the biggest thing? Like, yeah, no, I mean, the guy, the players around me are going to be exactly like me, except, except probably eight inches taller and 100 pounds heavier, but it's just how it works. What's the biggest thing Georgia has going for it? Is it? I mean, it's Coach, it? I mean, it's Coach Smart. I mean, the way Coach Smart runs his, uh, his group and his guys, I mean, he's led them to the national championship the past whatever, whatever years, except for last year when they lost the SEC championship and they dropped them out. But, I mean, you know what they have going on, and you can't skip over it. What's going to matter to you? It sounds like you're solid, but. What, what would make things for permanent? Like, what are the final stages here for you in your in-game recruitment? I mean, shoot, I want to win. I want to be set up in the right position to, to go out there and win on a weekly basis type thing. So, you know, I want guys around me that, that want to win too and can get us there. I think the one reason why I wanted to seek out this interview, Julian, is a lot of people perceive you as, oh, this guy's all about the money. This guy's the NIL kid. And really people tell me it's really not like that. Is it a balance with you? Is, is it highest bidder may not get it? Like, what do you think? I mean, no, nah, I don't I, I don't even handle all that stuff. I let my dad talk money and I talk football and I go visit for football. I mean, my dad's my manager, my whatever agent, whatever you want to call it. But I just let him run all this stuff. People are going to talk just because they know I'm making money and whatever. But I mean, that's just how it's going to ro roll. Biggest thing is being in a place where you're going to get. Yeah, no, I just want to win. I mean, that's my whole thing. Like USC going to the Big Ten is a uh, it's a big change, and we just got to see what's going on. What do you remember what Kirby and Mike have told you about when they start selling Georgia to you? What do they tell you? What matters to you? What hits home? I mean, nothing. They, I mean, they tell you what you see on TV. I mean, we're going to win. We're going to put you in the right position. The weight room's crazy. The strength, the strength condition, and all that stuff. You're going to be ready for the next level after UGA. How hard is how hard is this? I mean, you seem like you've got a great, steady girlfriend, but you're still looking, and everybody points to you as like high profile like how hard is this just to be a kid um I mean I wouldn't even consider myself a kid anymore I'm kind of kind of hit that level where it's like all right I leave in December now so I'm kind of at that uh that senior state where it's like okay just trying to get ready for the go live by yourself away from your parents and all that stuff just mentally trying to prepare myself for that whole thing what's one thing people don't get about you when they try to watch you watch you play what matters to you here um I mean shoot I mean like everybody else I want to win but I'm not really like a I just want to win I'm a pretty chill person on the low, but I mean, of course, everybody got that little anger about it. I mean, we play a physical sport. It's kind of how it works, but I mean, I try, I usually stay pretty calm. Do you, I think one of my favorite stories about you, your dad told me, he said, he so, he told me about how accurate you are. Mm. And that was like through a hallway. Yeah. You, your hallway at yeah, the house. Yeah, back in the day. How much did that help? Do you really look at that as a, as a building block of your accuracy? I mean, shoot. I mean, we were in there every night from when I was eight to nine, maybe. I mean, no, like probably like seven to nine. Seven to nine, we were in that hallway every night. That's a, that's a lot of throwing, but you know, I would say that got me right. This is your last year. Has it grasped you yet, that last junior prom, last year high school football? Has it hit you yet? Yeah, no, I've, I mean, I haven't even gone to a prom yet or anything like that. I mean, I got my license two, a month ago. I mean, I'm just, I'm just here, but I've been, 
I'm ready to get get it on and get to the next level. Like, I feel like if I stayed that extra year of high school football, probably wouldn't be as fun for me as uh, getting to sit in a college locker room would be. What's the new truck you got on your mind? What's your new baby I'm, girl? I'm going to get the same girl. I'm, I'm, or, I'm not the same girl, but I'm going to get a little souped out girl. She's going to be bad, oh, trust. She's going to be bad. I'm going to get another one too just so, just for a little travel, but I'm going to have something sweet. What's your favorite part of playing football? Um, probably just going out there Friday nights with the guys. Like, a lot of those guys are like lifetime friends kind of thing. I mean, you know, certain kids in the locker room don't like me because of what I have going on. But a lot of those guys would be, I mean, I'll talk to them forever. I mean, I might not see them often or know what they have going on, but we can be Facebook friends and stuff like that. That's kind of my biggest thing about Fridays, and that's what I'm going to try to enjoy the most on this last little little stretch for me. Julian, appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, appreciate sir. it. There you go. Very interesting stuff. Uh, like I said, I tried to show maybe a maybe a different side of Julian from that uh, conversation. And, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm going to think like a viewer here and not like a reporter or a content generator. How many of you guys, I don't know, this is kind of the silliest takeaway from that interview, but how many of you folks out there, you good people out there, assign gender to your cars? Like, is it a thing where most, most truck owners they label that uh baby girl or, or sweet girl or whatever uh do people think like that their uh prius or their uh their tesla is a dude is a guy is it a dog i mean i thought that was pretty fun or the funny the gender association with his uh very prized truck right there um another thing to think about here uh i want to give you these quotes uh from carrollton coach joey king that was in my story today on dog nation if you haven't read it yet i'd I, I encourage you to seek it out because what we try to do here with journalism and covering recruiting, I know there's a lot of opinion there about Juju and like Georgia's one with Stetson Bennett. Uh, Georgia's winning right now with perhaps the best returning quarterback in college football in Carson Beck. He wasn't a, he started out maybe a top 100 prospect, but he ended up maybe a top 150, 155, 175 overall prospect. But the thought of Georgia with, you know, that C.J. Stroud type of quarterback, that Bryce Young type of quarterback. With everything else the way Georgia's built, I kind of wrote that, you know, Georgia's roster with whomever at quarterback, yeah, I think Gunnar Stockton's going to play great football for Georgia. I think Ryan Puglisi is going to play great football for Georgia. But there are 25, 26, 27, 28 teams, just based on the way they're, they've recruited, is built to, to win, should win, maybe one, maybe two uh, of those college football playoffs. But – on the other hand, if you put in one of those type elite quarterbacks, a top 10 NFL draft pick type quarterback, then all of a sudden I think that number goes up from one or two to maybe two, three, two or three, <clears throat> kind of legitimately there. So let me talk to you about this. This is what I thought was very interesting. Carrollson coach, Joey King. Um, I, I guess I got to tell folks, for folks that don't know, this is the guy that coached Trevor Lawrence in high school. And I asked Coach King uh, today, actually, I asked him, I said, you know, what, what makes Juju such a prized prospect, such a rare talent? King told me, he said, it's just his, it is just his arm talent. If you watch the ball, his release, his mechanics, and the accuracy in which he can deliver the football with the timing and the accuracy. It is the top in the country for his age level. I think that's why everybody wants him. He's got crazy arm talent. Not super, super arm strength, but just arm talent in general. He's the most accurate passer I've been around. The ball comes off his hand very, very effortlessly. 
That's something. I, he, Juju was very much at home. Of course, it was in his home indoor practice facility there at Carrollton. He didn't have to drive far. He didn't have to wake up as early. But he was spinning it. He was comfortable. Really, the deep ball was especially tight. He was hitting, putting the number, putting the ball right on guys, dropping them like, you know, basically uh, down stovepipe right in the bucket. But one of the things that, that King also said is he said, uh, you know, that, that part right there I want to come back to, he's the most accurate passer that King has ever been around. And I asked him, I said, where does that accuracy come from? You saw that story there. You heard a little bit about that story there. Uh, T.C. Lewis and Julian, uh, when he was growing up, they had a house with a very small hallway. I've told this story before, but ages seven to nine, all they did was throw in that hallway over and over, drill work every night, and throwing from different arm angles, off-platform arm slots. And Julian even said there in that, in that Dog Nation conversation that he thought that was what helped him get right. But I asked King about it. And, you know, like I said, King's coached at the college level. I believe he's been at Coastal Carolina. He was at Cartersville. He's been at South Florida, I believe, as a position coach. And then he came back to Carrollton to be a head coach for the Trojans. He said, you can hone skills and all that kind of stuff. But some people just have it. If you'd have said when he was little, pick that rock up and hit that stop sign with it right between the T and the O, I feel like he would have been able to do that just from a natural arm talent type thing. Really good stuff there from Coach King. Really good discussion there with, about, about uh, Juju Lewis, Julian Lewis. Now, listen, folks, I, I realize that NIL is going to be used in as, an, as an inducement. It sounds like Colorado has generated some new interest with the hiring of their offensive coordinator, Pat Schumer, who was in the NFL forever. A lot of the quarterbacks under his tutelage in the NFL had their career years. Uh, he's the son of former uh, longtime assistant coach Fritz Schirmer. But – you know, Colorado's got some interest. I think the family will kick the tires there. But really, it sounds like Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, USC are kind of in the, the steel cage kind of death match right now, if I wanted to sound uh, like uh, throw a lot of hyperbole into that, into that thought bubble right there. But um, I feel like Georgia is in the mix there. You, sir, you heard him over and over in that interview say that he wants to win. The family asked the questions. This will not be a highest bidder type of recruitment. I feel like the Julian Lewis decision can be enhanced or made not largely on the collective numbers or what, you know, the, the collectives tied or associated with the schools. Let me make sure I get my language right there. Uh, can offer, but maybe periphery NIL, like, you know, whether it would be outside vendors. Like, look what look at some of the Georgia uh, kind of, leading men or marquee faces of the team in past years. There's been apparel companies. There's been fast food companies. There's been uh, men's clothiers. I think some of that periphery stuff, there's been uh, uh, really kind of designer headwear, headphone type things. I think there's a space there in the NIL where I think some of that stuff can kind of equate perhaps uh, all the other things going around with NIL being used as an inducement. Folks, that was number three here on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. And we've got two more Dog Nation conversations. Remember I told you I promised you two. I'm going to try to be expedient here and kind of go through it. Uh, you want to hear about probably two of the biggest targets left for Georgia on the edge. I think this will be a renaissance year for Georgia. They signed three edge-type prospects in 2022, excuse me, 2023. They 
didn't have the ability because they really didn't have a need for numbers in Coach Uzo Deribe's room in 2024, whereas 2025, the floodgates are open. I think there is probably five or six names that Georgia could sign or looks to sign at edge, and we've got two of them coming up back-to-back right now. Let's talk right now to Georgia, uh, major Georgia target Zion Grady, former Alabama decommitment. The Nick Saban news uh, caused him to kind of hit the reset button on his decision. You want to hear from Zion Grady? You want to know why he only has one official visit set up right now, and that's the University of Georgia? Of course you do. We got you here on uh, Dog Nations Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. What's your height and weight right now? Six four two twenty seven. What are you looking for most in the school when you're taking all these visits? Is it playing time, depth chart, the ability to win? What means the most to you? Uh, development. You gonna develop pass rush? You still says on the match like the edge. Yes, sir. Triple put the most important in the zone. Yes, sir. How do you feel like Coach Uzodaribe has gone with his guys so far? That specific development. I feel like he's done pretty good. All the players he coached, we went high in the draft, so I feel like he's doing good. I think just really just keep doing what they're doing. Really just them being them. Like, Georgia just being Georgia, they defense, one of the best defenses in the nation. Yeah. Uh, the only one set up right now is George. When is that? Uh, June 21st to 23rd. Was that they want you to take that date? Yeah, that was a good date for them, so they wanted me to take that date. How would you say they've been recruiting you even prior to the Bama commitment and the Bama decommitment? Uh, they've been recruiting me hard the whole time. Like, when I was committed, after I was committed. Yeah. What do you like? What do you like best about them? What, what comes to your mind with Uh, defense. If you got if you had to think about what you're looking for in the right school, maybe you've learned a little bit from your first commitment. What are you looking for in the right school moving forward? Uh, really, development part, being developed. You have an idea about when you want to make it again? You want to make it before your senior year? I don't know yet. I don't know. Pass rush, the way I rush the pass. You got a good Kirby Smart story? Uh, you got one good one. What's he like? What's it like talking to him? Uh, he a very high intensity guy. Like going to the practices and stuff like that. Just be yelling on the microphone, things like that. Yeah. You planning to get back to Georgia soon? Yes, sir. It's four year official. Yes, sir. They, I know there's a scavenger hunt in May. They want guys to come to you. Is they to do that yet? Uh, not yet. Not yet. All right, Zion, man, appreciate it. Thanks for your time, sir. All right, guys, that's pretty funny right there. I think uh, I, want, I, want, I, want, I wish we had the technology. Like, one of the – it's funny. Uh, somebody on the Dog Nation cruise uh, last year, uh, they had a very nice – they said uh, – I was very gracious. They had very, some very nice thing, things to say about Before the Hedges, and they watch all the time. And so grateful for you guys that do choose to do that. Because uh, we try to, like I, I just said earlier, we got you on this when it comes on this show each and every week on Wednesday nights when it comes to Georgia recruiting. But they're like, sometimes, Jeff, you try to get all CSI with a lot of these guys and you talk about their stories, but also, you know, what they say and how they say it. 
Um, and I guess along those lines, I just thought of that story, that very nice story somebody had for me, uh, probably somewhere, uh, probably somewhere near Nassau or whatever. I think if, if I've got my memory serves, but I want you, I wish we could freeze frame. Speaking of CSI freeze frame, what Zion Grady's face looked like when I asked him about Kirby smart and the reason why, you know, go back, rewind it, rewatch it or whatever especially for those that didn't catch us live here tonight that are catching us later. And apologies to everybody that's watching on the podcast. I'll try to paint the picture as best I can. But there was a smile on his face that, to me, says, you know, Georgia can lose a wide receivers coach. Georgia can potentially lose a running backs coach where if Dell McGee becomes the head coach at uh, Georgia State, you know, heck, man, he's got to clap his hands, man. He, he's done more than enough to help Georgia. He's done more than enough to make Georgia great uh, coaching that position, coaching so many guys. Um, but I think Georgia will be excellent. They'll find a new wide receivers coach. If, if Dell decides to take this opportunity, man, he would get the chance to coach his son, who will be a freshman this fall at Georgia State. If that happens, you know, great for him. It's great for Georgia. It's great for McGee and his family if that's what they choose to do. But Georgia's going to be just fine because of the man at the top kind of inspire smiles like that. And when the, just the mere mention of his name comes up, that's why Kirby's such good, so great with people. That's why Kirby recruits so well. Is it because when you mention the young man, mention his name, uh, they have a genuine smile like that, you know, and that's what you could clearly tell there from Zion Grady. So good stuff there, Zion Grady. And now let's uh, definitely, let's go five for five here. Like we're uh, Ronald Acuna facing single A pitch and five for five with, uh, Dog Nation conversations. We told you we had a loaded show. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna finish off our big five right now with number five, and number five is gonna be with Jared Smith, six foot six, two hundred and thirty five pounds, giant frame. Uh, gonna need to put some weight on. Probably gonna need about a year of seasoning. Kind of gonna feel a little bit like the Marvin Jones Jr. saga there in terms. Of it might take him a while to get ready, but he is rated in some respects as the number one edge. By some services, he's generally seen as the number three or number four edge uh, out of Alabama. Back-to-back kids from Alabama there. If you ever want to know if it was a great time for Nick Saban to retire for Georgia football recruiting, this would be the year because the dogs are after two fire-breathing pass rushers from the Yellowhammer State. You guys want to learn a lot about Jared Smith. You want to see not only hear what he has to say about Georgia, but also what it looks like when he says it. Of course you do. Uh, check it out right now here on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. Here's Jared Smith at a Thompson High School in Alabama. With Georgia, that's the one of the you guys said. Just what, what stands out most about them and their vision for you right now? The um, plant is, the um, home feeling with my family and all, all that. Coach Cusso Green Bay, what, what stands out about him makes him He's a family man. He uh, he tells me all day about his uh, little girl she just had. So you know, just staying in touch with him. Jerry, what date? What date's the official in Georgia? I have no idea yet. Is that going to be like one of the first ones or anything like that? That's the only one you know right now. I know right now. Uh, just really the town, really. I know about the facility and everything. Uh, just really the town. See if see if I can call it home. Are you going to get back up to the first spring? Is it two or is it the official? Most likely official. Okay. 
What do you like best about Georgia? When you're Georgia, what's the feeling like? The home feeling, Coach Mark coming up to me and just, just talking about life and um, school ball and stuff like that. How do they recruit you compared to other schools? Everybody's got their own vibe, way of doing it differently. What's that feeling like at Georgia? Uh, Georgia really, they don't recruit me. They, 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 they just try to make make it feel home, make it, make it feel welcoming every time I come. So, you know. How many times have you been there? Probably like five times. Probably five like, times. Yes, sir. Which schools have you visited the most in your tenure of looking at schools? Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, Auburn. What, what schools do you consider most for that? Um, South Carolina, Auburn, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee. Just co- Coach Mar, he, he brings that vibe every time I see him. Um, and like I said, he asked me about school, how mom is doing, and everything. Jared, what are you looking for? If you had to boil it down, what are you looking for in the perfect school? Um, just a home feeling, really. Just That's about it, just a home feeling. So what's your height and weight today? Did you do all that? Yes, sir. Um, 6'6", 335. 330? I mean 235, 230. I'm sure. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. Again, uh, not to sound like deja vu from the Matrix here, guys, but Kirby Smart, name goes up, smile goes out, like a megawatt toothpaste commercial type smile there from Jared Smith. A little disclaimer there, a little update there. Uh, We talked to Jared at the interview for the interview on Sunday afternoon at the Under Armour uh, Atlanta, Under Armour Next Atlanta football camp. At the time, he'd only set one official visit. Now he's set two. The other one would be to South Carolina. You see that guy right there? You see how he talked about? He kind of made it pretty. He kind of kept it pretty simple. He was basically saying that, you know, he kind of looked at it like, what is he looking for? He's just looking for a place that feels like home. He, He mentions Georgia, and there's a lot of undertones about, hey, it kind of feels like home. So, I think Georgia's in a good spot there. Are they in a great spot? Will they be in the best spot? <clears throat> we'll have to wait and see on that one right there. But let's put a bow in it, guys. That was five, five big interviews, five major top targets. Every one of those names are on the top top targets this week. So have been on the top targets for forever. Like I said earlier in our show, we're trying to make that top targets list come to life and that under Armour Atlanta football camp certainly allowed us to do that. Great, great event. They 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 do a lot. They've got like a three-wing ring circus going at times. You see 300-pound linemen running 40s. You see people playing cat and mouse drills, pass routes, balls all in the air. I thought I think they do a great job with that event each and every year. And it's really kind of become like the last kind of the last kind of bastion to have one of those big mega prospect camps with guys coming from as far away from Mississippi and everywhere else like that. So that was pretty cool. What do we do when we finish our big five? Well, give somebody in your house five. Thank you for uh, hanging out through the big five. But then we come to another we- another weekly staple after our big five, and that's the that's our question of the week. Like we try to we try to put the research department into this. I ask Miss Kaylee what she thinks a lot. She's a great sounding board as well, not only producing the show, but We've got a question of the week, and I think it's kind of something we had to address on the show, even in a tightly formatted show. You probably guess what it is. I want your thoughts on the following. And the question of the week is simply this. It is which 
kind of current UGA staffer assistant do you feel will stay on staff the longest? Of course, it's a lot of lot of categories there. Everybody wonders about Glenn Schumann. Maybe he's one, two, three years away from the right, from the right job. Maybe he still wants to you know focus on family with his young kids uh, a little bit longer before he takes all all those responsibilities on with the big chair. Uh, Del McGee is a name that's uh, definitely earned all the talk now about him potentially going to Georgia State. Georgia just lost Brian McClendon. So, to me, that it comes down to a few names. It's Todd Hartley, who is amazing at what he does. Travion Scott. And then it's a guy like, I would say, Mike Bobo is another name that comes to mind. You, you saw Georgia just hire a new safeties coach in Travaris Robinson. Georgia just hired a new corners coach in Dante Williams. So, like, those guys – kind of wait and see. Those guys kind of could be like the Fran Brown route where they could be moving on up and work, looking towards a head coaching job of their own if that's what they want to do. T-Rob's definitely put together a resume for that as well. Maybe T-Rob might be the defensive coordinator in waiting at Georgia, um, potentially when Glenn Schumann also earns his promotion. He'd probably get a very big job in the SEC, much like Kirby did, and he might do it a couple of years earlier than Kirby did. Uh, back in 2015 from Georgia. But my vote, hopefully you guys have been a chance to get your answers in. We encourage that engagement. We encourage that uh, that talk uh, on our show each and every week. But um, my vote, I'm kind of trying to see what everybody else had to say. I've gone to the Dog Nation homepage. homepage. Looking on Facebook right now, uh, Philip Jordan Wells. I see him. Uh, you miss all the shots you never take. Yeah, guys, I know there's a lot, lot of talk about five-star quarterbacks and look at what Georgia has been successful with. But I think sooner or later, the way college football is evolving, that's a, that's just a position you've got to make sure you have the arms race. You're winning the arms race or at least trying to win the uh, arms race there as well. But my answer, um, let's see everybody on Facebook. Thanks to everybody for watching tonight. Let me hop on YouTube right now. See some names. Um, Fred, Frederick Meredith brings up Todd Hartley. Uh, certainly Hartley loves Georgia, grew up here, got the chance to – grew up in Georgia, grew up in middle Georgia in Jones County area, uh, got to come to Georgia, got to came, come back to Georgia. Um, you see T-Rob, C.K. Emmett fan brings up T-Rob as the next defensive coordinator. But for me, I think for right now, I'm, I'm looking at that question about who's got to stay for – who's likely to stay three, four, five years – I think my answer is Mike Bobo. I think Mike Bobo has kicked the tires on being a head coach at Colorado State and being an offensive coordinator in other places. Of course, his son, Drew Bobo, is on the offensive line at Georgia. But I think I think Mike's comfortable. I think Mike's probably not needing to go anywhere. Like, he could coach ball, coach receivers, put up about 40 to 45 points per game with all these players that Georgia's able to recruit and get them better by going against all those future first-rounders on defense. And I think Mike's quite cozy here, and I think that he would definitely be quite cozy if he could bring in a Julian Juju Lewis and maybe a Travis Smith Jr. to wide receiver along with all the tight ends that Hartley brings each and every year. But that was my answer uh, to that question right there. And I'm going to do something just because, you know, one of the things we do is we work hard, we have careers. But um, my, my young son, Kyle, asked me a question this week, and I thought of, you know, I can't make that the question of the week, but I could probably drop it in there. So 
Lend me your ears before the hedges, folks, Dog Nation people. I want to ask this question because my son asked, asked, if, asked if we could. He wanted me to kind of crowdsource this question, and I thought it was a great question. He wanted to know, like, Kyle, Kyle has like a million questions. I think he'll eventually be a lawyer, but he has a million questions about everything. Like, we start talking about the NFL, college football, every conversation. He's got that reporter brain, but I think he would probably better be a lawyer or an, or an engineer or an architect. This is a good one. He said, Dad, what do you think in the NFL? And we didn't trust Google to do this yet. Do you think that there have been more touchdowns scored in NFL history or more field goals scored in NFL history? I can go either way on that one. First of all, I think it's a good question. Uh, shout out to my son, Kyle, uh, for, for being a part of our show. When one of your kids ask you something, you've got to find a way to, gotta find a way to to, to kind of squirrel it in there, especially when it's such a good topic. Good sports guy, sports bar, water cooler, tailgates type topic. But my son Kyle, uh, field goals or touchdowns, first thing I thought of was I, I thought of field goals. But then I thought, and I, and I kind of thought in one of, one of my son's theories was the, there used to not be a lot of field goals where guys could kick the 50-yarders inside domes and, you know, weather and everything else like that before. But – I had to if I had to put a put a Coca Cola on it, as my grandfather, my papa used to say a lot of times, I would probably say that there have been more touchdowns scored throughout history. Uh, but I think over the last twenty years, the field goals have kind of caught up. Probably going to Google that. Love to hear what everybody else thinks about that. More more field goals scored all time in NFL history, or more touchdowns scored all time in NFL history. I'd love for you guys to utilize the uh, comment section to. Uh, Share your thoughts on that one right there. I thought it was a really good question. Now, here comes the time of our show for um, some weeks. I call it the, the meat potatoes. Other weeks, the peanut butter and jelly, the bread and butter. This week, I think I called it the chips and salsa part of our show. This is our weekly things we're talking about. We're talking about all things Georgia recruiting. And we also kind of in the end of our show, you guys also, we're live. So I've mentioned it a couple times on the YouTube feed and the Facebook feed. It's great to be able to go live again, but um, you guys got a question, drop it in there below. I know sometimes people have told me that now the show is so heavily formatted with information that we're just not sitting here with, hey, you got any questions? And kind of making that the, the, the bulk of our show or the main course of our show. But if you got one, please drop it in there. But while we do that, uh, consider that your bugle call. But while we do that, we're going to talk about our weekly uh, things we're talking about. Let's talk about the class breakdown. These are the commits in the position currently for the class. Three-star Bo Walker. Um, McGee had a great relationship with Bo there at running back. But I think, I think Bo's the type of guy that still loves Georgia, still loves the thought of uh, being a Georgia Bulldog. <clears throat> and then you've got Elias Williams. I know we mentioned earlier that Justice Terry was the highest-rated commitment in Georgia's class, but – Elias Williams is right there, probably around 13, 14, 15 overall. You got four-star Ethan Barbour. Ethan uh, got a chance, hashtag throw to the tight end. Uh, he was honored by the All-American, Under Armour All-American game on Sunday. They called him up. They presented his official invite uh, to the All-American game in 2025. They told, him it was, <clears throat> they told him it was overdue. So really cool to see Ethan Barbour, Barbour offered in that way out of Alpharetta High School. Those are the current commitments on offense. There's three of those. Let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Georgia has two commitments on the defensive side of the ball. There's the aforementioned <clears throat> Justice Terry. 
stock way, way up there for that guy. He had a great camp. We talked about him earlier. I'm breaking down the Under Armour Atlanta uh, football camp. And then you've got Jaden Perlotti as well, the linebacker. Uh, longtime commitment, committed way back over, well, over a year ago now. He's going to take his visits. I think he's being appreciated a lot right now on the scouting circuit. He can kind of play all over. He can kind of be that blur type guy, that blur position guy for Georgia, where he can rush the passer, he can play inside the box, and he can also go out and cover in space. He's done that for Buford. He's flashing those skills on the seven-on-seven circuit right now as well. Um, You've got right there, uh, really, uh, Georgia currently uh, has got five commitments. Kind of weird to see that, say that, but uh, those commitments will be coming. That class will build. It is only a matter of time. Let's take a look at the recruiting snapshot. Five commitments at ranks currently number eight nationally. Number eight nationally in the class. You've got three offense, <clears throat> two defense, zero special teams. Look at that, five in-state commitments, zero out-of-state commitments, five commitments in the SEC footprint, zero commitments that are um, outside the SEC footprint. The state with the most commitments is Georgia, two five-stars. There you've got it. There you have your recruiting snapshot. I think this is the part of the show where we're going to see a little bit of movement, see a little bit of change here on the top targets. Let's take a look right now at the top early targets. Early targets for 2025. Starting out, you've heard from two of these guys already on the show tonight. Um, really, I just kind of put them on the edge, right on the edge, because I think Georgia is right on the edge, really close, um, really recruiting a lot of these guys very well. I think Coach Chadera Uzo Deribe is going to have a very tough choice kind of figuring out, is it two or is it three, which one of those guys he wants. You heard from Jared Smith. If I had to think about him, the reason why I went rated Jared Smith the way I did is I kind of thought he adds the most upside. He has that kind of gargantuan li- length at that six foot six frame. Looked a little stiff, if I must admit, working out on Sunday. Um, but you know, he's a guy that plays at one of the power programs in the Southeast at Thompson High in Alabama. He's got a huge upside. Got that length. Uh, I think he was measured with an eighty-two inch arm, arm length. I think he ran a four nine or so in the forty. Zion Grady's another guy, not quite as big, only about 6'4", about 225. Isaiah Gibson was another guy that told me out of Warner Robins, Georgia, that Georgia's going to get an official visit. Isaiah was wearing, get this, I think he wanted to make a statement um, at the Atlanta camp this weekend. He was wearing Georgia slides. He was wearing a Georgia kind of a, a Georgia pullover. He was wearing a Georgia backpack. He was all G'd out, probably wearing more G's than most People watching this show do on any given evening or any given day. Um, Adam Warner Robbins, he said dogs are recruiting him hard. He feels like Georgia only recruits the best players. Georgia is one of the best players. We'll have a conversation with Isaiah Gibson on next week's show so we can be really fair and balanced to all the edge targets right now that are really trending with Georgia. There's the quarterback, Matt Zellers, out of Royersford, Pennsylvania. I feel like, you know, Georgia's got to make that pursuit They've got a like like Philip Jordan Wells said in the Facebook in the Facebook comments on the Facebook feed. Juju's the type of player you got to shoot your shot. I even said like I think the juice here with Juju is definitely worth the squeeze. New name here on the top targets list that was a Keelan Deer. And the folks, 
sometimes you don't know everything. Sometimes the intel, the network, the information, it's very cool once in a while to get a name. I know Georgia had offered a Keelan Deer, but I didn't know that McGee has been sending him Bible verses to him and his mother for basically over a year now since last year's Under Armour camp. Really strong running back, really strong talent. Um, he said Georgia's going to get an official visit. And, you know, you hear a lot of a lot of noise here about uh, a Kylan Deer and how, how it's going to be hard for him to leave, leave the state of Ole Miss. I think there have been some crystal balls already for him in Ole Miss. But for me, six feet, 205, catches the ball well, pass protects, um, protects his quarterback. Great film. Um, love this stat about a, a Kylan Deer. He had five touchdowns through his first five games as a junior. Pretty decent, pretty respectable, a touchdown a game. But then he went old, Tech Mobile, crazy numbers, crazy Madden numbers with the rest of his junior season. In his last six games of his junior season, he scored 22 touchdowns. So he's got the talent. We wrote about him yesterday on dognation.com. He also has a very strong personal why. You read that story. It's really tragic to hear about him losing a grandmother to cancer. And then his father, um, who was kind of slain in what was described to me as kind of a domestic violence incident. Very tragic there. But from that really rough patch, um, Kylan's mother, Tina, told me that he basically focused. He motivated himself. He realized what was ahead of him and his future and what he had to take advantage of. And it was kind of a kind of just made him go a lot harder. It kind of made him latch on to football, and probably it's been a maximizing factor in him rising to the ranks of the nation's number 10 running back. He was also invited to the 2025 Under Armour All-American game on Sunday as well. Number eight, you got a young man, a five-star offensive lineman in the midst of wrestling season. That's Josh Petty at Fellowship Christian. That's 14 through eight. Let's take a look at one through seven. You guys got any... You guys got any issues? You guys got any suggestions or predictions about how this was going to go? Well, Julian stays at number seven. We got to see Cortez Smith right there. Cortez Smith, really strong offensive lineman at Parkview High School. I believe I've been watching him since he was a freshman starter at age 13 for Parkview High School. Juan Gaston Jr., he's a guy that you'll, we'll, we'll have him on the show. We'll have an interview with him on the show next week. He's got three officials currently set up. Those are to South Carolina, his dream school, Oregon, and Georgia. Georgia's going to get the first. We heard from Travis Smith earlier in our show. Great interview there. He kind of laid it out. He said Georgia was the team to beat with BMAC. Now Georgia's kind of got to get right with him again by kind of restarting a new relationship with the new wide receivers coach. <clears throat> Zayden Walker was probably the only big-time prospect from around the South that didn't show up the Under Armour All-American game, but he's already com- – Under Armour All-American camp, excuse me. But he's already committed to the uh, Under Armour game. He made his commitment, I believe, today on his social media. Number two, Elijah Griffin. He was also not there, but uh, he's tremendous, tremendous football player. He's a guy that Georgia's going really hard after continuously. Trey Scott has probably recruited Elijah Griffin like a priority, like a guy that was about to commit – in the current cycle for the last three years. Um, David Sanders, also the number one top target. Again, for another week, David's still rehabbing from a shoulder injury. 
and that's why uh, he wasn't able to be at the Under Armour camp as well. I bet he makes one later on this year, maybe perhaps in Charlotte or in another area right there. Let's see what we got here. Um, it's a live show, guys. Uh, kind of teed it up, kind of teased it. Giving you guys a whole lot of content here on this show. Going to probably try to spend a couple of minutes at least, uh, whatever the audience, whatever the crowd wants to see here. Uh, everybody watching here again on um, Wednesday night on Before the Hedges. If you got a, you got a uh, question, uh, Parker Robson. Oh man, that's pretty cool. Parker has a. Uh, Parker's actually one of my, one of our neighbor friends. It looks like he's a. Uh, he wanted to give Kyle more time, so apparently Kyle's got his his Intel network watching the show as well. John has a thought to please go after Terrence Edwards. That's what Travis. That's what Travis uh, Smith would certainly like to see. And you know, there were some folks on social media. I don't think they really understand. I mean, of course, Terrence is a great friend of the show. He shows up on Dog Nation. I've known Terrence for a very long time, but I don't think people understand the Terrence Edwards resume beyond being an all-time great receiver at Georgia. He played in the Canadian Football League. He was an assistant coach at Pace Academy, one of the better programs in the state of Georgia over the last 10, 10 years or so. Then he moved on. He was an assistant coach. Uh, he was a, the wide receivers coach at Milton High School last year. That's the Georgia 7A state champions. And now he was just recently named the head coach at Mount Vernon High School. That's good stuff. You, you combine his pro experience, his Georgia experience, the fact that he relates well to the modern athlete, and also the fact that he's trained a lot of guys. I think he would be an asset uh, for the University of Georgia. Of course, there's probably – a higher with a greater resume, with more college coaching experience, more recruiting experience out there. But Terrence Edwards, I think he would get it done for Georgia as well. C.K. Emmett fan, I think, uh, has a question. Who's my pick for the wide receivers coach? I think there's a lot of names. There's a lot of kind of internal candidates. There's maybe some pro guys that are kind of looking at this job. There's a lot of um, kind of up-and-coming coaches around the Southeast. I mean, there's a guy like Brandon Streeter that's been on Georgia's staff as an analyst. He was the former wide receiver. He was the former offensive coordinator um, at Clemson during those Trevor Lawrence years. I think we mentioned him earlier in the show, Josh Crawford at Georgia Tech. That's a name you hear a lot associated with that opening as well. I think he would be a good one. Uh, he would be a good one as well. And, of course, we got to mention what Surfer Boy 3000 also brings up. Heinz Ward, period. Get it done. Uh, UGA. Um, so pretty cool there. Um, let me see. What, any other questions? So got some talking about four stars and five stars. Let me see. Uh, uh, Stick D's. Good question, Stick. He has a question. Do I believe Georgia has a sufficient defensive line room? Or is there... Uh, there is someone else we could go after late to get us there in 2024, to get to get Georgia there in 2024. I think transfer portal is going to open after spring practice, after most schools have had spring practice, and I think everybody's going to take a look. Of course, Georgia won't be able to bring in someone from the SEC. I believe if I know my rule book right, uh, maybe graduate transfers would be on the table, but that's about it. Uh, may not be the case there as well, but – I think there will be options. I think there will be a chance for Georgia to add to the defensive line room. I like the fact that uh, Georgia picked up Xavier McLeod uh, out of South Carolina. I think he's a guy that probably is probably ready to kind of 
kind of do some things in the SEC. He's had a year out of high school, sometime in an SEC program to kind of get a little bit better. I think Georgia's defensive line is going to benefit tremendously from a, another elevation year from Christian Miller, but also a healthy year from Tyrion Ingram Dawkins. I think that's going to be crucial as well. So <clears throat> that's the way I would answer that question. Question from CK Emmett fan. If Juju comes down, comes, does Pug go in the portal? Uh, let me see if I can get that whole question asked. There's an emoji currently over it. I don't think so. I think Pug realizes that, you know, when he's chose Georgia, he wasn't, he wasn't, he knew that Carson had at least one more year. He thought maybe Brock Vandergriff was going to spend one or two more years. There was Gunner in the way. Like, when you got to remember, folks, when Pug chose Georgia, very confident young man, but a very also a mature young man in terms of he knows what he wants, he knows what he wants to go after. Um, he, he was also coming into a class with Dylan Riola. So, depending on how you spun it, you know, Carson was likely only going to have one more year, but he might have been maybe third, he might have been fourth or fifth on the deck chairs in terms of the quarterback room in Athens, and he still came to Georgia, still fired up. He was still like, heck yeah, can't wait to be a dog about it. So I don't think, like one thing that the Lewis family told me is there was a, there was a quote there that stuck in my mind from his father, uh, T.C. Lewis. Let me see if I can pull it up. Those things that change also cause change for us. And he was talking about USC going to the Big Ten, and he was talking about um, talking about Georgia's quarterback room. Think about this for a sec. You know, at one time, Juju had to look at Georgia as a 2026 prospect. Well, things changed when, jo- when, when Juju moved to be reclassified to 2025. But then they saw Brock Vandegrift leave, and then they saw D- Dylan Riola flip from Georgia very late in the game to Nebraska. All of a sudden, what the Lewis family considered as a very crowded, a very cramped quarterback room at Georgia became a very kind of sparse quarterback room, especially with the fact that Carson would play this year out, probably get the lion's share of the reps, and then there wouldn't be a lot of on-field experience or separators with real clutch experience for either a, either a Gunner Stockton or a Ryan Puglisi. So, like, that's kind of the thing that really makes Georgia intriguing there for the Lewis family. Okay, one last thing I want to share. I appreciate you guys hanging out, hanging out with me. Appreciate you guys kind of dealing with, like, the, uh, the coughs I'm doing with. I promise you, we're, we're, we're seeking great medical attention to try to get this taken care of. But one last thing we got to do. I kind of felt a little itchy that we haven't been able to give a dog of the week. So our dog of the week, we're going to do a little home cooking here. Our dog of the week, I'm going to give that to our – Dog Nation team member Kaylee Mansell. For here's here's the reason why. Not just being a great producer, uh, somebody that touches all of our streaming shows on Dog Nation and makes some magic, makes magic happen with all of them. But she took Sunday on a whim, and she was in, she's a big fan of the musical theater. She's a big fan of Hamilton. She for the longest time, longest stretch, she wanted to be she wanted to be in the room, get to watch Hamilton. She's seen the show, but she was in the lottery at the Fox over the weekend to get a chance to watch Hamilton. Turns out she wins the lottery. Those tickets open up basically like an hour before showtime, and they are the best seats available in the house at the time. As a winner of the lottery, she got those. Her and a friend got those. 
Turns out they were front row for Hamilton. Now, I bet you didn't think you would turn to this program tonight and get musical theater or Fox Theater, Hamilton Intel, but we're, we're a worldly show. We try to give you guys a little bit of pop culture as well, but for those that have ever worked the lottery type thing at the Fox Theater, those tickets were $10. And talk about winning the lottery, uh, Kaylee and a friend, they won the lottery. Definitely a lifetime moment just to see Hamilton, but to see it in the front row in the Fox in Atlanta, I, it had to blow their minds. I know uh, those two young ladies were probably crying at the end of it. It was so amazing. But, you know, afterward, I think she did some research, and you, you kind of look online, you kind of look and see what those tickets would go for. Those tickets were probably in the range of $1,400, $1,500 per seat for those tickets or maybe for the two of them together. But you want to talk about a good day, you want to talk about an ice cube, uh, an ice cube type, play the ice cube, leave in the Fox Theater. Today was a good day type day. That was a good day for Miss Kaylee Mansell on her team and her friend. And that is why we are naming her uh, the dog of the week. Really hard to name dogs of the week when the dogs aren't playing. There's no football going on, but we felt that was overdue. And that was a great way to uh, share a pretty cool moment and a pretty cool story. If you've ever seen Hamilton, you know what I'm talking about. Imagine watching it front row in the Fox in Atlanta. Uh, that would be beyond amazing. So I'm glad uh, a very deserving member of our team got to experience that on Sunday. And we'll give her a pass for not being a part of uh, the Under Armour camp coverage with the Dog Nation team on Sunday because she had uh, a lottery win and had a chance to uh, see Hamilton. You guys, any Hamilton fans out there before we close out? Uh, certainly they are. But anyway, I thought that was a pretty cool thing. I think we're trying to be a, a really family show today. I had a I have a story from Kaylee. I had a story from my son Kyle as well here on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. So we're trying to bring some good karma. People would kind of say maybe this is the Juju Lewis show. So we're trying to earn a lot of good juju with a lot of people uh, that are very, very, very good friends and even feel like family here or our family here uh, for the Dog Nation team. All right, guys, that is the show. I'm kind of going to be guilty of probably going Brandon Adams long here on the show. But like I said, we try to bring it all. We try to bring you as much good stuff as we possibly could in the show. I want to thank you guys all for hanging out. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Like I said earlier, when I say we got you, uh, we had you this week here on Before the Hedges brought to you brought to you by Kroger. I'm Jeff Sintel. That, my friends, was a whole big bad boy King Kong-sized episode of Intel. Super-sized uh, Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. I'm Jeff Sintel. That has been your Intel, and we'll see you guys again later on the pages of dognation.com. Have a great evening, everybody. Can't wait to see everybody again back next week.